Hello and welcome to this week's Ruby Shoes podcast, bringing you the very best of local entertainment across East Anglia each and every week. This week's episode is dedicated to a very special and inspirational lady. I'm sad to say I lost my mum at the end of last week after a short illness, which she bravely fought until the very end. Now, even at her bedside, mum was still telling me to go home and get some work done instead of sitting with her, which of course I ignored. Anyway, I thought about it and I know that she would be furious to think if I cancelled this week's episode, she wouldn't be very happy. So instead, I'm dedicating it to you, mum, in your memory. The show will always go on. Now, in this week's episode, I am delighted to be joined again by our guest reviewer, Iona Lawrence, who's been to see the gallery players in action with their performance of Piaf by Pam Gems. And I've been poking my nose into the final rehearsals of this year's Rock and Roll Panto. Plus, this weekend, I don't know about you, but I'm off to make a start on that Christmas shopping. So I thought I'd give you some inspiration too, if you have any little people to buy for. So I'm going to feature a fabulous Suffolk children's author who's passionate about our bees. But first, let's hear from Iona and see how she got on. I went to see the gallery players perform their most recent show, P.F., which is based on the true life of Edith P.F., who was a a global superstar who rose to fame. Really, her most famous things were in the 20th century, but she was raised on the streets of France and it's a very raw, gritty, true life dictation of her story they don't they do a remarkable job in actually showing her um, vulnerability and the, the hardship that her life really was and her rise to to stardom um, and the sort of the grafting that she had to put in the main character Emily Bennett does a phenomenal job she's she rarely leaves the stage she's on for for pr- throughout I think the entirety of the first act and then she does have a few little bits where she has to go go back um, where she disappears off the stage in the second act but so it's a real testament to her because she she learns all of the French songs and her accent is, is incredible all of their accents were very very good you really felt like you were in the streets of France and the setting that they had the stage in was also, I found, really intimate because I was sat at the side, actually on the stage. So I was eye level with all of the, with with everything that was going on. And a lot of the cast were sat at the back on chairs. So they didn't actually leave and they, um, they had a hand in playing the instruments and doing the musical numbers and they would come and go. And they would get changed and nothing was hidden. The the director, Steve, did a fantastic job at just using everything that was on stage. The props that were there were really were really well used um, and not too in your way, not, not in anyone's eyesight or they weren't an eyesore or anything. And it was a really good... I really felt involved in the story and involved in the play. And you can really sort of become face-to-face with the emotions and it was very hard hitting actually because yeah, yeah this amazing um woman that was 
PF, or that was what her name, she was sort of coined with the name of PF. But you, you show she didn't have an easy life. She had to, she kept sort of was working on the streets when she first started out and she got noticed and and it was really good. I'm really glad I went to go and see it. And so I was there on the opening night and it was a great, it was a great rendition of, of the show. The show itself was really funny. It had moments of lightness and and humour injected it into it. There were a lot of characters which you knew when they entered the stage you'd probably be laughing um, by the end of by them leaving because it was quite tongue-in-cheek because, like I say, the story is quite raw and gritty and it's really intimate into this, this poor woman's life. The entire cast did a really good job at utilising the whole of the stage and there were quite a lot of... I think there was about ten characters in total that would all that remained on stage throughout most of it. There were a few of the the other main characters who would come and go and the highlight for me was definitely the last song at the end. You you're sort of waiting and waiting for the performance because you you know that the most famous song No Regrets will be coming and no spoilers, but it is the well it's done as the finale number and it it really just it it just brings the show together. If once you've watched it, you can see how that song was just encompasses everything about her life and about the story that she she lived. And I thought the fact that, that it was a very powerful number and a great one to end the show on. And yeah, it, it did it sort of brought a tear to your eye. But you were you were happy that it wasn't a sad ending, even though she'd come to the end of her life. You're not sad about it because there's nothing better than having coming to the end of your life and having no regrets. This has been Iona Lawrence recording for the Ruby Shoes podcast. Now, when you're mid-show rehearsal, the last thing you need as a performer is an interviewer popping in, but the lovely cast of this year's Dick Whittington for the Rock and Roll Panto at the New Aussie Theatre let me inside for a sneak preview of this year's show. If I could start with you, Steve, if that's all right. Yeah. Because you're the most familiar character. Right. Because I've been to the Rock and Roll Panto for I don't know how many years. Yeah. And, and one of the things I wanted to ask the cast is, you're all so talented. I mean, you can sing, you can act, you can play the um, instruments, not just one, but all of them. How on earth does, um, and this isn't meant to be disrespectful to Ipswich or Suffolk, but how on earth does somewhere like this keep people that have so much talent here? What is it? What, What keeps you here in Suffolk? Well, it's something that's been built up over many, many years. And I first worked here in uh, 2004, and you know, I'd, I'd heard about this sort of thing, but it wasn't until I worked here I experienced And it's not just us, it's the whole... It's the nature of the whole theatre. It just feels like such a sort of family vibe. And uh, it is, you're right, it is very unique, and you don't get it in a lot of theatres. And, uh, yeah, there's something special about here. And the reason it's in Suffolk... Just lucky Ipswich, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. So, Miles, 
have is this your first time working in rock and roll panto have you been in it before it's my first time i thought it might be your first time and tell me about your character that you're playing i'm playing the cat um he's a very headstrong person you know he knows what he wants and he knows what how to get it um and yeah he's very loose and fun and free type spirit i think and it's just a lot of fun to play, really. I bet it is. Yeah. I mean, panto in itself is fun to play, isn't it? Yeah. A rock and roll panto just, it literally kind of takes that enjoyment up to about 300%, doesn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. It, it's, yeah. It is so, so good. And that's both for the children, but also for the adults, because everybody gets involved, don't they? Exactly, as well. yeah. Completely. I'm going to bring you into the conversation as well. Sure. Just tell me your character again. So I play the fairy and the pirate. Oh, so brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to get your words muddled up. You don't sort of stand there in one costume and think, hang on a minute, I'm in the fairy costume. Wrong I'm just one. Being the pirate. Yeah. <laughs> Is that quite hard to do the two characters like that? Um, I think it was fun and challenging trying to think about how to distinguish both yeah. of them and how I should portray both of them without making like the same actions. I do catch myself sometimes doing the same thing and I'm like, oh, right, that's not for the fairy <laughs> or that's not for the pirate. Um, but once we continue doing it, I feel like I'm, I'm them. I feel much more comfortable in how they walk and how they speak. And yeah, no, it's really fun to play. Brilliant. And it's a long run as well, isn't it, Steve? Because some pantos are literally, you know, a couple of weeks and you're out of there. Amateurs. <laughs> yeah, I this is, this is till January the 20th, yeah. Yeah, and it starts in November. <laughs> I know. So it must be the longest <laughs> run, actually. It started last year. Um, <laughs> yes, was it November the 3rd? Well done. 23rd. Uh, How do you keep the, the whole kind of, um, you know, that level of both expertise but also the enthusiasm and the power that you bring to the stage I mean you literally when you watch it you think it's like the last night but it isn't because you've got so many other performances how do you keep it up there all the time well, I mean that's part of like, the sort of the stamina of you know I mean not just pantos just like, most acting gigs really I mean obviously some are very different and this just happens to be one which yes is very energy based and you have to think of it as like it is till uh, January the 20th and you know you have to sort of find a way of doing it but at the same time giving every audience the same yeah uh, yeah is there any sort of preparation? Are you sort of because it's you, you two? It's your first time as well, isn't it? So is there something that you're doing to prepare for this? Because it is quite mammoth, isn't it? Yeah. That you've, you've got to do. You know, is there some way that you can kind of prepare mentally and also physically for such a demanding, you know, next? How many weeks is that? That's a lot of right, weeks. That's a lot of weeks. Let's not think. No, let's not. Let's not think. Cat weeks. What is it in cat a while. weeks? I think. Well, let's think about cat weeks. Be easier. I think I find like leaning on the cast. You know, there's only what nine of us, yeah. and so you really have to lean on each other and you know be each other's crux. Yeah. Um, because it does get tough. It does get you get you get yeah. to points where it's like, oh my gosh, yeah. I don't know how, how I'm gonna go on, but. You know, when we're all in the same boat, we're all going to help mm. pick each other up. And we'll I think find that we'll take it in turns to, like, you know, yeah. sort of freak out first. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> the, the trick is not to do it at the same time. Yes. Yeah. But, uh, you yeah. can all have a moment, but yeah. just not yeah. at the same time. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And then, you know, yeah. it's, it's very, very much an ensemble show. Mm. And on, on stage and off. Because, obviously, a lot of us 
are not at home, so we live in, in Ipswich mm-hmm. as well. So, you know, even when you're not in the theatre, you're, you know, in a... Not in a pub. What are you nodding your head out? Yeah, <laughs> but, you know, just, like, generally around and just yeah. looking after each other. Yeah. And, yeah. It, it does feel like a family you've been in for, like, years. And yeah. You're like a long-lost cousin, I guess. <laughs> uh, lives in Belgium, I was <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so it, it is that, that feel, sort of ensemble feel. And I think that is the magic of these shows. It's the fact that it doesn't matter what part you are, the audience, you know, they spot everyone on the stage. And I think what you've seen yourself, I think that's unlike a lot of pantos. It is because if you're not in the scene, you're on drums or you're on keys or, you know... There's no let-up, is there, there literally? (laughs) You just think, oh, my goodness, one minute, you know, she was just singing that incredible song and now, as you say, she's on keyboards and then you're doing something else so that you don't just sort of waft off and have a a tea break and put your feet up at all. And if you think there is a let-off, then you've missed your cue. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Which I may may or may not have done before. (laughs) What do you mean, I can't heat my lasagna up? Yeah, so it's yeah, but it's yeah, it's um, it's fun. It is a long run, but it does go quick. Like, because once the sort, because we'll get press night, and then mm. it'll be like then the next thing is like well Christmas, I suppose. Mm. And then once that's gone, you're like well it's New Year, and then it's like we're nearly done. Yeah. I'm straight. You're like, yeah. It's, yeah, so it does great. sort of weirdly. And what do you do in the New Year rather than just fall into bed and lock the door and say, don't disturb me? I mean, is, is there a plan? Do you manage to sort of have some time off? And do you mean for New stuff? Year's? Just, well, we've got New just Year's Day off. Yeah, when you get some time off. I want to sleep. Mm-hmm. You're a sleeper, aren't you? You've I am said, quite a sleeper. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you're going to be asleep. But all this muffin, I'm like, right, I'm awake. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm definitely you? rest and recharge. <laughs> you're yeah. definitely yeah. asleep. I've been done. Um, yeah, yeah, I, no, no. Quite used to, I used to be a party animal. <laughs> uh, I'll sleep this year, why not? Everyone else is. Uh, yeah, I mean, there, is, there isn't much time for... Uh, to really relax, but though, but when there is, yeah, you sort of do... As my voice is going, did you... Your yeah. voice is going, I know. <laughs> I've been, I've been shouting, shouting in. Don't lose your voice. Uh, yeah, but, uh, yeah, there is... It's that thing, it's like you sort of finish the show and it's like... Yeah, let's go to the pub. Yeah. Or, you know, or yeah. not just to, but like, just to, like... Yeah. Because you the finish freedom. on a high. Yeah. It's not so much to get... It's just you finish on a high. It's like, if you see, if you work in the city or something, you don't sort of, like, come back from working as an insurance broker and go, come on! Because you, don't, you haven't done an encore quite yeah. So there are, like, different sort of things. And that um, must be hard sometimes, because all that adrenaline is what's keeping you going. Yeah. And suddenly you hit that, um, you know, that day when it's all finished... And your family is all gone as well. That must yeah. be actually quite difficult, I'd yeah. imagine. Yeah. Back to your, your own family. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, they, it is, is strange. With you? <laughs> it is strange. Because it's, Do you walk in and say, come like, on, applause, give me a applause. <laughs> Mother! Uh, yeah, there is something weird about it. It's like you'll do your last show and it's like, bye. So tell me about your character. King Rat, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's naughty. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he basically just wants to uh, rid London of cats and sort of, you Ooh. know, all that mm. stuff. And so there's uh, a little bit of argy bargy between you bit, and yeah. yeah, a little bit of argy bargy. Yeah, and he okay. yeah, wants to become sort of mayor of London. Thinks he's great and all this stuff, mm-hmm. and allegedly he's not. We shall see. No spoilers. We shall see. All right. Yeah. 
Fantastic. Yeah, but he just gets booed at, really. <laughs> Which is like being at home, really. So. Well, there you are. <laughs> In fairness, yeah. yeah. Oh, fantastic. Well, I, for one, can't wait to see it. And it is one of my favourite pantomimes. Good luck, all of you. I'll say break a leg, actually. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, and when do you move to the Woolsey? Because we're here in the beautiful... Saturday. Saturday, Oh, yeah. we're here in the beautiful uh, Gerald Dance, Dance East, House. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Dance East, mm. which is fantastic. It's lovely. It's it is a great space. There's flats up there, which I find hilarious. They probably know the lyrics better than we do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they won't, they won't be coming, because they, they've heard yeah. it all already. It's an E-flat! <laughs> And I can tell you that Dick Whittington and his cat will be riding into the New Woolsey Theatre for their rock and roll panto from this Thursday, the 23rd of November until Saturday, the 20th of January. If you want to find out more, I think 70% of their tickets are sold already. So go onto their website, woolseytheatre.co.uk. Now, I did promise you... An author who's from Suffolk, her name is Nan Eshelby, and she's written not one but three children's books. She's passionate about bees and she's passionate about teaching children and also the parents and the grandchildren why bees are so important to us. Uh, yeah, so Bombus and the Bee Line was the first one. Um, the first edition I did of that, I gave away, I did Bombus 500, where I gave away over 500 to schools and charities and trusts and learnt my craft, if you like, and, you know, gave uh, to, read to kids and things and learnt what was good about it. And then brought out the second edition, which is the one that's out now. Um, and the books, I, because I'm self-published, I could kind of do what I want. So I thought about all the things I liked when I was wee and I liked rhyming, I liked facts. I liked colouring. So it's got all those things in it um, because I thought that would be good. <laughs> um, then the second one is Puddock's Pond, which is about having a, a source of water in your garden. It doesn't need to be a pond. It can be literally a basin as long as you keep it topped up. But it talks about how to do it and, you know, giving access at the side for all the different things that you'll then encourage. Um, and the third one is actually a similar thing. Um, the Brilliant Bombus Bumblebee is about the similar thing of growing the pollinator flowers, but it's for much, much younger children, so under four. So a similar idea. And, yeah, yeah. And they're all beautifully illustrated as well. Oh, thank you. Tell me, tell me about the, the illustrations. I created that myself partly because I looked into illustrators and it was too expensive because obviously it's self-funding. So I decided that I would see what I could do. And I call them accessible drawings because any five-year-old would say I could do them too. So that's... I think um, that's... You're being far too modest. They're beautiful <laughs> pictures. They really are. And you know exactly what they are straight away. And I love the fact that you've actually drawn the different types of bees. I had no idea that there were so many different types of bee and now I'll be able to identify them because you've drawn them beautifully in the book. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, we put some at the back so you could, like common ones that most people will find in their garden. Um, and then it, like lots of additional facts. So some of the, the older age that likes them like the facts and they can go away and find out the more sophisticated things. Um, so that's in the back as well. And then the next one that I've written is about solitary bees because, again, there's bumblebees, there's honeybees, there's solitary bees and trying to show people that there's so many different ones but the ones that really need our help are the kind of wild ones that we don't tend to look after normally. Um, so, yeah, the next one's solitary bees. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> I think they're lovely books because they're, they're 
the sort of book that a child is going to pick up instantly because they're lovely and brightly coloured. And as you say, there's activities in the books and things they can do. But an adult reading it to a child is going to learn a lot as well and be able to answer those questions when their children or grandchildren say to them, what sort of bee is that? Or can we plant this flower and is that good for a, a bee? And it's just really, really good. Tell us your website, Nan, so we can find out more. It's www.bombusthebee.com. So it's B-O-M-B-U-S, the B. Lovely. That's absolutely wonderful. And well done for doing this. And so you say your fourth book's on its way? It is. I'm illustrating it at the moment, yeah. That's the bit that takes me the longest. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's well worth it and it's a pleasure to talk to you. Good luck with it all. And we'll, you know, perhaps we'll catch up again and find out how, how the next book's coming. That would be wonderful. Thank you. Thanks very much, Steph. And don't forget, if you're part of a show, maybe a panto, you're directing a play or perhaps you're just planning an event this Christmas and you like to be featured on the Ruby Shoes podcast, just get in touch with us via our socials. Ruby Shoes podcast, nice and easy. Tell us a bit about you. Tell us what you've got planned. And I'd love to have you as a featured guest on a future episode. Until next week. I've been Steph McIntyre. Thanks for listening to the Ruby Shoes podcast. Hope you can join us next Monday and do check out our socials in the meantime at Ruby Shoes podcast. Mm-hmm.